You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. Shadows can't deny Your name Cannot be 
your mercy never fails me all my days I've been held in your hands from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head oh I will sing of the goodness of God
Yeah. 
How many of you are ready for a new year? You know, if we were rating uh, 2020, if we had thumbs up or thumbs down, probably the majority of people would have gone, it was that kind of a year. All of the stuff that we had to go through and, and, and not being able to go out of your home and uh, not being able to go to stores and having to be six feet apart and all these things that, that we've dealt with. But then there's a flip side. There's a, there's a, there's a flip side in that uh, there were many, many advances that happened. It, it, it's through this uh, pandemic that, that great advances were made for a vaccine uh, for, for, you know, COVID. And, and, and racial tension, as bad as it was, I think people recognize that there's a problem. And people are actually moving forward and taking big steps uh, to bridge the gap and to, and to bring uh, a, a God-felt equality into, into that horrible, horrible darkness. 
And then there's the elections and all the tension that came with that. But, but we also can, can look at what are the positives that have come from that where we, where we understand that, that it's not a, a, a person at the White House that's going to save uh, our country. It's, it's the one who sits on the throne in heaven, and that's Jesus Christ. But, but most of us are, are, are speaking about 2021, and, and we want a new start. We want a new chapter in, in, in that book of our lives. We want a new day. And here's what I know for sure. 2021 may not look different than 2020 as far as what's going on around us, but it can look different in what's happening in us and through us. We, we, we learn that when God is the centerpiece of our lives, that he fills us with joy and peace and purpose that we can never find through our circumstances, no matter what we're facing. And our circumstances continually change, but the God that we serve is rock solid. And he stays forthright and leads us no matter what we're going through. Last year in 2020, we, we, were, we started in the, in the book of Romans, the, the letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Rome. And, and we looked at, you know, it, it's a book that we can go through for, for years because there's so much incredible content that's in this wonderful letter that Paul wrote. We found last year that uh, theologically uh, what our position is in Christ and, and why we need Christ. And we found out uh, who God is and, and who we are without God and then who we are with God. And now for the first two months of, of, this, uh, of this year, we're going to look at some practical things about the book of Romans, but it's important that we understand before God tells us what to do, he tells us what he's done. Before God prepares us uh, to, to walk out our life as a, as a follower of Christ, he establishes and roots us in Christ so that we're able to walk out in his power and in his strength. And so as we, as we come to this place in, in Romans, it, it's really going to be helpful because many of us are setting maybe a New Year's resolution. And, and many may be having some God-inspired uh, goals. That's my prayer, that we're going to have God-inspired goals. Because here's the thing about resolutions. Without God, it's very difficult for us to fulfill them. And, and, and our goals, if our goals are not centered on Christ, it's very easy for us to get misaligned. It's very easy for us to chase after things that really don't bring fulfillment at the end of 2021. You're going to be just as frustrated, just as tired, just as uh, 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 fearful and filled with anxiety as you are without him. But here, here's what happens when God is the centerpiece of our life. We set goals that are going to bring glory unto him. We set goals that are going to honor God, and then he'll honor us. And the Apostle Paul said something that's incredible. In Ephesians uh, chapter 3, verse 20, he said, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. God has an ability to work in and through us in ways that are greater than our asking ability and are much greater than the power that we have in our own ability. God can do in you what you can never do by yourself. And as we look at 2021, 
let me, let me bring something to you for you to consider. What if your goal this year would be to experience your God-given gift? Your, your spiritual gift, the, the, the gift that is given to every follower of Christ when you believe. And, and here's what a spiritual gift is. It is a God-given ability distributed to individual Christians by the Holy Spirit that allows him or her to work through their lives to help the church execute its mission on earth. And the mission of the church is to make our world better. The mission of God's people is to make this land a better place, to, to, to bring hope to the hopeless, to bring peace to those that are filled with fear, to, to bring uh, a hope to individuals who need a brighter day. And, and that's what God will do. And if you're operating in your God-given gift, you're in your, your sweet spot, you're, you're in that place where, where God is working in and through you and you're not trying to muster up the strength to do it on your own. God is speaking to someone as a, as a parent and you've been trying to parent on your own. But there's a God-given gift that he's given you so that when you parent your children, you're going to have the peace of Christ. Uh, he's speaking to someone here today that in, in your work, you've got so, many, so much tension. There are so many things going on that, that you said, I can't do it like, I can't do it anymore like last year. And, and God wants to provide purpose. He wants to provide uh, you with patience to be able to, to navigate through the difficult people that you may work around. He may be speaking to someone that, that you, uh, you've got goals to achieve things and, and, and you feel like if you're not good enough, you're, you're, the way that you look at yourself, do you have a negative self-view of yourself? And, and God is speaking to you that if you experience your God-given gift, you're going to find that because God loves you so much, because he cares about you so much, you're better than what you could ever imagine. And God loves you in that way. And, and so I want us to go to Romans chapter 12. And we're going to start at verse 3 for the, for the text and for the message. And my message is experience your God-given gift. Um, but I want us to look at the first two verses because they're, they're so incredibly powerful. I preached a sermon on it last year. You could go back to, to I, I talked about living uh, this holy sacrifice that, that we have with God. But here's how chapter 12 starts, verse 1 and 2. It says, I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. See, God wants us to worship with our, with our whole bodies, with our minds, with our, with our actions. And, and he says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Now, that's a remedy. That's a remedy for living out a successful life, is, is you present your bodies as a holy, as a holy and living sacrifice. You, you're set apart to do the things of God. You, 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 you die to the things of self, the things of the flesh, the things that, that you want to do independently of God, the, the, the self-affirmation, um, the, the, the self-exaltation, uh, uh, and all the things that will steal your peace. There's, there's a God that loves you. And he cares about you. He's on your side. And so 
we renew our minds with the, with the word of God. And so this year, 2021, is the year for you to let the word of God fill your heart, fill your mind, and flush out all the negativity in your life, all the stuff that, that, is, that is really bogging the world down. You don't have to live there anymore. You can walk in the goodness of God. Now we're getting to chapter, th- I mean, verse three. Verse three starts out like this, and, and I'm going to read from the NLT. It says, because of the privilege and authority God has given me. Here's the apostle Paul talking. He says, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given you. Let's pause right there. Very important. God's, uh, the Apostle Paul is saying, by the grace that God has given me. In other words, everything that he's experiencing as an apostle and as a, a, a teacher, as a wonderful missionary, he's experiencing it by grace. And then at the same time, he says, I have this authority. I have this authority that comes from the Lord, not because of anything I've done, but because it's a gift from God. And, and Paul was a, was a persecutor of the church. He was, a, he, he was, he was trying to, to actually stop the work of God until Jesus met him on the road to Damascus. There's a long story that goes to that. It's another sermon. But what Paul is, is wanting people to realize is that it's all God's grace that has filled them, and he's pouring out that grace to people. And he's saying something to, to us, just like he was saying to the church in Rome. He said, don't, don't look at yourself more highly than you should. In other words, humble yourself. And then he also says, but also don't look at yourself any lower than you should. Because you're special to God. And then he goes on to verse 4. And he says this. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function. So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. And, and, and from this beautiful text, I, I want to bring three points that will help you experience your God-given gift. The, the first thing that is vital is that to experience your gift, you have to open up your gift. Let me ask you a question. We just got done with Christmas last week. How many of you left your Christmas gifts wrapped under the Christmas tree because you're going to save them until next year. Or, or you're going to save them to, for two years or, or for five years. You, you left those tree, I mean, those, those gifts unwrapped. Let me ask you a question. I, I, that's, that's a foolish question because nobody does that. What good is a gift that is wrapped and never opened? And yet I believe that there are, there are so many Christians 
who never open up their spiritual gifts. We never identify the gift that God has given each of us and every person. When you believe and you trust in Jesus, you're given a spiritual gift because he wants to make the body of Christ better. Here's what Paul said again. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Now, God the Father has given us gifts. Jesus has given given us gifts. The Holy Spirit is a distributor of these gifts. And when you believe and when you trust in Jesus, when I did, I was given a gift that God knew was best for me, and he also knew it was best for the people around me. He knew it was going to be best for the body of Christ. That's exactly why so many people struggle with with church, because if the devil can manipulate your mind, if the devil can work in your heart, if he can divide the church, then he can take away the gifting that you can bring into the body of Christ. Why do you think that, that as the enemy comes in and, 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 and uses whatever he's going to use, pandemics or things like that, it divides people instead of unites people? Because when you're united, especially when you use your God-given gift, this church will be a better place. You will make it better. God working in you and through you. Here's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians as he writes about the gifts and the, 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 the power of the Holy Spirit working through the gifts. He said, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. And then in verse 7, he says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. So my spiritual gift, you know, of teaching, of of leading, this spiritual gift is not for me to be elevated. It's for me to elevate others. It's for me to help others, to strengthen others. It's for the name of Christ to be elevated because it's by his grace that I have received what I have received. See, opening up your gift goes hand in hand with identifying your gifts. When you were a kid, did you ever tear a piece of the wrapping paper just so that you could identify what you were going to be opening before Christmas ever came? I know you didn't do it, but the people here in Oracle that come to first and second service, they probably did it. And the reality is that really you wanted to identify what that gift was. It's so funny because nobody leaves they're unopened gifts at Christmas. Everyone wants to open up their, their gifts. We were in, in Las Cruces, New Mexico. We went to visit my, my daughter, and, and, and all of us got together, my, my three adult children, my grandchildren, and our youngest granddaughter, Salem. Uh, we had opened up all the gifts, and my, my son, who's working in El Paso right now, he was, he was going to come that day. And so he, there was a, one gift that was left under the tree. It had not been opened. And Salem goes under that tree, and, and, and she, she looks at the present. She says, present. And she begins to open it up. You see, she not only wanted to open up her gifts, she wanted to open up any other gift that was under the tree. Isn't that the way that we should be? Isn't that the way that we should be as as children of God? Shouldn't we want to open up everything that God has for us? But here's what I know to be true. Is that your gifts 
don't fit my gifting. Your God-given gifts fits your identity. It fits your gifting. Even if my granddaughter would have opened up that gift, it would not have fit her because there were clothes in there that fit my son. And, and, and this is the same thing with all of us. We, we, we need to know that there's a gift that God has specifically chosen for each of us that is so good for you and so fitting for you that it makes us better. And what I, what I also want us to grab a hold of is that we should continually desire the gifting of God in our lives because it's in that sweet spot that you really feel the presence of God. When, when you're walking in your gifting, when you're operating in your gifting, when you're exercising your gifting, you will sense the presence of the Almighty in your life. It's in that great place that we eagerly desire the gifts of God. The Apostle Paul, again, wrote to the Corinthians, and he said, he said follow the way of love, because love needs to be at the, at the beginning, middle, and end of everything that we do. He says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. And we'll talk about prophecy in a little bit. But I want to emphasize that that God tells us to eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. If if you're a follower of of Jesus and don't know what your gift is, this is the year that you identify your gift. This is the year that you begin to, to, to find out what is the gifting that God has given you. And there's 22 gifts that are mentioned in the New Testament, though they're specifically mentioned in, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Romans chapter 12 that we're looking at right now, and Ephesians chapter 4. And every one of those gifts make the body of Christ better. And let me say something else that's important. The Holy Spirit will not make it difficult for you to identify your gift. As you begin to walk out this, 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 this life of Christ, as you begin to, to begin to move forward and, and say, Lord, I, I want to experience everything that you have for me, you will begin to identify the places that are your sweet spot. You'll identify if, if you have the gift of mercy. You'll identify if, if you have the gift of teaching. You, the, the word of God will come alive to you. And you'll be able to identify uh, exactly what your gift is. You'll identify if you have a, a prophetic gift to speak the things of God. You'll identify if, if you have the gift of tongues, where God will, the Holy Spirit will just, will just bring a, a new language of dialogue with you and the Father. All these things that are very biblical, and God wants for you to have them because he loves you. The, the gifts that I gave to my family... The gifts that, that, that I continually give to my family, because I believe Christmas is all year long, is because I love them. I love them with all my heart. And if I love them and I fall so short of the glory of God, how much more is the love of the Father, who not only gave his son so that I could have life, but continually gives me gifts to make my life better and to make the lives of those around me better. The, the second way that we experience your gift in 2021 is you got to operate your gift. To, to operate is to put it into use. And what we need to realize is not only is your gift a benefit for you, 
You'll have more peace when you're operating in your gift. You'll have a lot more fulfillment because you're not striving to do things on your own. But you will also benefit those around you. You'll become a better parent if you operate in your gift. You'll become a better uh, supervisor if you operate in your gift. You become a better friend if you operate in your gift. But you become a better child of God. And the church becomes better if you operate your gift. And so I want us to look at, the, at, at how Paul brings out these gifts in, uh, in Romans 12. He says, if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. Now, do, do you notice that, that prophecy is at the top of the list? Prophecy is a gift from God that does so much good for the body of Christ. And yet people say, you know, what is this? What is prophecy? 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3 helps us to understand what, what a word of prophecy does and what it looks like. He says, one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. God uses you, if you have the gift to prophesy, to bring strength, to bring encouragement and comfort to his people. Now, do you see why the enemy would want to silence you for you not to speak out the oracles of God, to, for you to speak into the lives of people, to you to speak into the lives of the church, to, to strengthen, encourage, and to console them where they're at. But God says, speak out with faith. It takes faith to speak to strengthen people. It, it takes faith to speak and encourage people. It, it takes faith to speak as a messenger of God to comfort people. So if God has given you the gift to prophesy, if God is stirring your heart and he's saying, you know what, I've got a word. I've got a word for people. I've got a word for the church. Speak out with faith. So we, we talked about what, what a word of prophecy is. But I think it's important for us to understand what a word of prophecy is not. Number one, it's not fortune telling. You know, we don't, we don't speak into the future. We, we, we trust God that he's going to guide us by his word. It, it's not magic. It's not something that is, is uh, you know, going to be weird. Uh, it's definitely not going to be unstructured. A, a, a word that comes from the Lord, a prophetic word, is going to continually align itself with the word of God. That's what I mean by the oracles of God. It's his, it's his word. And it's going to strengthen, encourage, and comfort all the people that will listen to it. So we need to know that and grab a hold of it. If your gift is serving others, he said serve them well. Don't be mediocre about how you serve people. If your gift is to actually have this servant's heart. He says, serve them well. Now, now let's, let's pause. Everyone is called to serve. We're all supposed to take on the, the, the identity of Christ where he came to serve others. But some people have the gift to serve. And the Holy Spirit has equipped you to serve just like Jesus. And, and when you're using your gift, the church is edified. The church is not lacking. 
You're not trying to pry people to do things. Actually, you're, you're, the people that have this servant's gift will come out of the woodworks and say, what can we do to make the church better? What can we do to help people? How can we wash someone's feet? How can we go out and minister to people in the trenches, in the most difficult of places? It makes a world of difference. He says, if you're a teacher, teach well. Why is that important? Because if we don't teach well, we lead people in the wrong way. If we teach people that you're saved by works, it distorts the gospel. If we teach people that you can live a licentious life, that you can do whatever you want, it makes people walk in defeat. But if we teach the word of God, and and not everyone is called to be a teacher, but there are some of you that are watching that God has given you a teaching gift, and this is the year that you put it out in into, into practice. You operate it. Here's what, what Paul wrote to Timothy. He said, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. And then he tells um, um, in, in verse uh, 2 of chapter 4, he says, preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. Some people have a gift to preach the word, to teach the word. This is what we teach. We teach this by grace. We, we, we teach people that God has a better plan than what the enemy has. We teach people that, that God can strengthen you like you can't strengthen yourself. We, we teach people that, that when you implement the word of God, that you can live a life that is fulfilled in Christ. And so some of you that have the teaching gift, it's time for you to operate it. You can start out by doing a small group. You can start out by, by, by you know, uh, leading a Bible study. You can, you, can do, you can just do a one-on-one, a one-on-two, and just do this wonderful job of teaching. And if your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. H- have you noticed that our world needs more encouragers? A- and the gift of encouraging comes through the church When people are are walking in that gift, it changes changes the culture of a a local body. It changes the culture of a community. It it changes the culture of of our schools and of our workplaces. When you're walking out in the gift of encouragement, and God's giving you that gift, and, and when you go into a place... People feel better. When people come around you, they feel better than when they left. Let me tell you, the devil will try to steal that and try to keep that locked in. And instead of you going alongside and finding that person that's in the lowest place of his life, finding that person that's in the, in the most difficult place of her life and coming around alongside and encouraging them, you are missing out and they are missing out because you're not operating that gift of encouragement. So that's you. God wants you to grasp that gift. If, if it is giving, give generously. You see, all of God's people are called to be generous. The devil will try to steal that from us. All of God's people are called to be generous. But some 
have the gift of generosity. And God has given you an ability to be successful in what you do. He monetarily, God has blessed you because he trusts you. You're an open hand follower of Christ. You open up your hand to the blessings of God and then you open up, you keep your hands open by being a blessing to others. Hear me now. You open up your hand to the blessings of God, but you keep your hand open to be a blessing to others. That's so vitally important. And, and when you have that gift of generosity, you give back greatly. The world is a better place because the church is strong. Not only is it strong spiritually, not only is it growing numerically by people being added to the church, but through your generosity, the church is strong financially and is able to give and give. There's a man that started J.C. Penney. And J.C. Penney, at the end of his life, he was a follower of Christ. At the end of his life, everything that he brought in through that incredible uh, ability that God gave him to be a wonderful businessman, at the end of his life, 90% of what came in, he gave out. And 10% he lived on. Now, here's, here's, here, I don't know where you're at, but I, I can tell you this, that the enemy will lie to you and tell you, you don't have to be generous. But if you have that gift... You can trust that God is going to help you every step of the way. He'll never stop giving. You can never outgive God. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. This is, a, this is so important. Leaders are influencers. And when you lead well, you influence many in God's direction. When, when you lead well, People are built up and, and you actually are building up wonderful people that are following you as you follow Christ. The Apostle Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. He was a, he was a leader who led well. But if you don't lead well, if, if your leadership is absent of integrity, you will influence many in the wrong direction. Here's the thing about people that have, have a God-given gift of leadership, that people are going to follow you no matter what way you go. If you have that gift of leadership, you see, I led a lot of people to the pits of hell. Before My 26 years that I lived absent of Christ, I led people in the wrong direction. But God, by his grace, gave me the ability to, to look to him. And now, by his grace, I'm able to lead people in the different direction, in the direction of God himself. And so... If you have this leadership ability, you need to know that God has called you to lead well. Now, here, here's a third point of experiencing your God-given gift. The third point is you have to optimize your gift. To optimize it is to expand it. You make it greater because God increases it. The more you use it by faith, it gets better and better, and better, and better. The, 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 the first time that I ever preached a sermon, the first time was a very, a very difficult experience because I was just starting out in the, in the gift that God has given uh, to, to me. 
and, and as have grown and grown. And every, every time that I use the gift to, to teach and to preach, God gives me the confidence. God gives me the abilities. God gives me his word and, and gives me the ability to, to preach his word. But I constantly say, Lord, I can't do it without you. You optimize your gift when you use it because God will increase your gift. Here, here's what Paul said. He said, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. You see, I can't do, and I'm not even supposed to do the things that God called you to do. I, you can't do what God called me to do. And just like in, in 1 Corinthians 12, he says, the ear cannot say to the eye, why can't I see? Because the ear was never intended to see, it was intended to hear. The mouth cannot tell the, the, the nose, why can't I smell? Because the mouth was never intended to smell, it was intended to taste and to eat and to speak. And the nose gives us another wonderful quality in our bodies. My fingers, each finger is important to the function of my body. You know, every muscle that I have, every tendon, every, every toe, every, my, my feet, my ankles, my metacarpals, every, every single thing that I have in my body is important to the function of my body. And here's what I know for sure is when I work my body, I expand it. I optimize it. When I, if, I, if I eat right, I feel better. If I, if I work out, I feel better. Huh, 2021. If I work out, I will feel better. When I walk, I feel better. You know, every, every part of my body is important. And, and God is calling some of you to step up and start using your gift so that others so that others can be blessed. And here's what I want you to know as well. If one person is doing everything in the body of Christ, it is so much more less effective than if every person is doing their part. And so, you know, the, the, the gifts that, that God gives, you know, he gave some to be uh, pastors and some, you know, to be apostles in apostolic function some to be uh, uh, prophets and evangelists, some with a prophetic gift, some to teach, some with, with the gift of wisdom, some with the gift of knowledge, some with a, a supernatural gift of faith to believe in greater things, some with a gift of miracles, some with a gift of healing, some to be able to discern between spirits, whether they're evil or they're good, some with a, a, a gift to speak in tongues, some with an interpretation of, of tongues, some to be able to help, some with works of service. Some people have the gift of administration. Some people have the gift of encouragement. Some people have the gift to give. Some people have the gift of leadership, and some people have the gift of mercy, to be merciful to those that are going through difficult times. And some people even have the gift of celibacy. That's a God-given gift. And, and so you shouldn't feel bad if, 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 if you're not married and, and God's called you to that gift. But what if this year, what if this year you were to experience your God-given gift? What if this year you were to open up the gift that God has wrapped up for you? What if you were to begin to use that gift? You'd make yourself better. You'd make your world better. What if you were to begin to optimize that gift? What if at the end of 2021... 
you've honed in your, your God-given gift. And you see such life change and transformation taking place. Why, why did Paul, why did he start out after he said, present yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God? Why, why did he start out with, by saying every person has a gift? Every one of us, as we're living out this Christian life, have an ability to make our world a better place. It starts in the church. And the church, beloved, are God's people. The church is, is universal. It's all over the place. It's, 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 re, it's revealed in, in local places. But the reality is that we're all people of the living God who are living out his purposes. So online campus, I want you to know that you're special to God. I want you to know that, that God has something wonderful for you. And that wonderful uh, that, that he has for you starts with Jesus. And, and you've got to start out by saying yes to him. You, we, we cannot start walking in our gifting without saying yes to the one who gives the gifts. And so maybe you're here listening. Some, many of you. I was going to say some of you, but many of you have, have said yes to Jesus. But there may be that one person. There may be that, that those 20 people. There may be the 100 people that are watching that you have not said yes to Jesus. And, and that is as easy as A, B, C. It's an acronym. The A just stands for admit that you need God in your life. You admit that you're a sinner, that your way is not the right way. The B is believe You've got to trust in someone who's greater than you. You, you. you believe in Jesus Christ. Believe that he is who he says he is. He's the savior of the world. He's your savior. He's my savior. The C is we confess. God gave, the, gave us this mouth for a wonderful purpose because we can declare some wonderful things. And so when you confess Jesus as your Lord, when you uh, begin to follow him from this day forward, great things happen. And so you declare him into your life. And I want to lead you in a prayer. It's a a powerful prayer. Pray this with me. God, I need you in my life. I'm tired of trying to do life without you. I admit that I'm a sinner. I I, I admit that I've gone the wrong way. I'm I'm turning around. I'm coming back to you, Lord God. And and I believe, I I put my trust in Jesus. I believe that he, he died on a cross for all of my sins. I believe that he rose from the dead on the third day, just like the Bible said he would. And so today I confess with my mouth. Right now, I confess Jesus as Lord. I choose to follow him from this day forward. And I I, I receive you as my Lord and Savior right now. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your complete forgiveness, Lord God. So I embrace everything that you have for me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So let me just end by saying this. Many of you said yes to Jesus, and we love for you to put the hallelujah praise hands uh, and say, I said yes to Jesus. Uh, some of you uh, can just put it on the, on, on the comments. I said yes to Jesus. And then some of you, it's a new year. It's a new start. And God wants for you to experience your God-given gift. Today's the a, today's a day that you start. Today is the day that you grab a hold of everything that, that he has for you. You identify your gift. You begin to use your gift. You optimize your gift. You're going to be better. 
your world will be better, your family will be better because you're going to be operating your gift. And you begin to, to walk in the, in the fullness of God, the, everything that God has for you. And he, he will allow for you not only to operate your gifts, but to, to bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit, for you to experience a, a new life filled with love and peace and patience and self-control and faithfulness and all the things that we cannot muster up in our own abilities. So let me close by saying this. God loves you. And at Living Word Chapel, we want to be a church that comes alongside and loves you too. And we want to empower and transform your life through the living word. This is what will change your life. This is what has changed my life. And God wants you to experience everything he has for you in 2021. So this first Sunday of the year, let this be the day that you grab a hold of everything that God has for you. God bless you. He loves you. And have a wonderful week. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.